From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. Two thousand twenty-two has been a crazy year for elections in Ohio, and it's not over yet. The November eight general election is coming up fast, and there are several key races that are vital for gun rights in the state. Two prominent candidates are running neck and neck, vying for a seat in the U.S. Senate. There are three Ohio Supreme Court justice races where we must score a win. And a raving leftist Democrat is trying to become governor of Ohio and threatening to roll back Stand Your Ground, Permitless Carry, and more if she wins. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm joined by Rob Sexton, BFA Legislative Affairs Director. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dean. It's great to be back. So, Rob, I uh, I guess you've been uh, a little under the weather recently. I hope you're feeling better today. Yeah, well, I'm on the mend, but this has been one of those bugs that's just hung on for a little while, so I'm looking forward to getting past this one. And I don't want to go into too many personal details here, but it's not COVID. So, believe it or not, people do get sick with other things in today's America. Yeah, well, we won't discuss the details of that. I, I will, uh, I'll spare our listeners, but I feel for you because I think I've had what you've had. And I got sick, and boy, you know, it was just like I, I slept on the bathroom floor. Uh, that's how bad it was. And uh, I did not, for some reason, feel comfortable in a bed. And I just kind of got down on the floor, and my wife brought me a uh, pillow, and I just kind of rolled and prayed for death. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping you don't don't have it that bad, but uh, I did, and it was uh, it was not pleasant at all. Haven't had that for quite a while. Well, fortunately, it hadn't been to that level, but it's you know it's just been kind of nagging, and I I do feel like I've turned a corner this morning, and looking forward to putting this one behind me. Yeah, that, I mean that's a good feeling when you're sick. Not not that you want to get sick for this reason, but when you're feeling bad. And you can tell when you turn that corner, it's like you start to feel better. And it's like, oh, man, this is great. You know, yeah, just, just the, 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 the air tastes sweeter. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, you're, <laughs> you're eating uh, chicken soup and you go, man, I really love chicken soup. You know, <laughs> it's just every, everything, is, uh, everything is good. Well, uh, not that uh, this is any more of a pleasant subject, but let's talk about the elections in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, boy, yeah. Rob, 2022. It's been a crazy year. I know people are tired of hearing about it, but it was all about these election maps. And, you know, we had to have two primaries because they just couldn't get everybody on one ballot. And it it looks like these problems are going to continue into the future. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, some years back, the Ohio Constitution was changed in the way that the lines are written. A lot of folks probably don't know that Ohio redraws its state house and state senate and its congressional lines every 10 years. However, under this 
constitutional change, those lines don't last 10 years unless they're agreed to by both parties. And, you know, let's, let's talk about the political environment today. When's the last time both parties agreed on anything? So this giant dispute they had over the lines this time means that we'll be revisiting these lines again in just four years. So this is going to be a mess that we're going to, we're going to have for quite a while. And it really is going to bring into focus these uh, Supreme Court races that we're going to talk about during this podcast. Yeah, and this whole thing really uh, wrecked havoc. I mean, a lot of candidates didn't know what district they were running for. There were primaries that literally just got canceled, where they just didn't they just didn't vote. Turnout was really low in the second primary. What was it? Around eight percent, something like that. Just historically low, and people who ordinarily would never have had a chance to win actually won just by getting their family and friends. To go vote, you make you know they made a few phone calls, posted something on Facebook, and they win an election. It was really a crazy year, and there's going to be a lot of fallout from that for some time to come. Yeah, and, and you know it's a really good reminder that turnout really matters. Showing up to vote really matters, and contrary to what we hear in some circles, if you're not going to get out to vote, you need to vote by mail. You need to take advantage of whatever you can do to make sure your vote gets counted, because I'll tell you what, I don't know that I can recall a year with so many pivotal races that will determine the future, you know, of course, Second Amendment rights, but let's face it, the future of this country. Yeah, you know, a lot of people will complain, and I'm surprised at how many people don't vote or are not even registered. So, you know, what I tell people is, look, if you're not registered, if you're not getting out to vote, don't even talk to me about your complaints because you're part of the problem. There's no reason. Registration is really easy. You can do it online. I know people, especially people with really uh, solid opinions about things, don't like to vote for candidates sometimes if they're not 100%. I mean, what was it that Reagan used to say? You know, if, if, if you agree with me 80% of the time, you're a friend and an ally, not a 20% traitor. Well, these days, it's, if you agree with me 99% of the time, you're a 1% traitor. So, yeah. you know, it's really just difficult to get some people to go and just vote strategically. They want to be absolutely in love with candidates. And that's just very rarely possible, Rob. Yeah, it sure is. And to go back just a smidge with something you said about registering to vote, after you said that, I very quickly Googled Voter registration deadline for the 2022 election is October 11th. So if you're listening to this podcast and you start feeling a little sheepish since we labeled you a scufflow for not getting out to vote. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A chance to, that scufflaw, a chance to is it scufflaw? I think it's scufflaw. Scufflaw. Yeah, it's all about, there you go. That's what I get for trying to use the fancy terms. There you go. Uh, October 11th is voter registration deadline. You can still get yourself registered so you can help make a difference. And I know, you know, people hear this all that this is the most pivotal election. This is the most pivotal election. I don't know if this is the most pivotal election, but I do know this. There are some really important races that are going to be decided in 2022. And when the dust settles, you're either going to feel really good that you voted 
or you're going to feel really bummed that you didn't because control of Congress is up for grabs. And of course, control of our own Supreme Court is up for grabs. And this this debacle with the lines was entirely preventable had we had a dependable Supreme Court. Yeah, so, you know, about every two years, I do my little rant about voting because I think a lot of people really don't want to make those kind of decisions. And I, and I think it says something about a person's personality. You know, either you're an idealist or you're a pragmatist. Now, Rob, you know, I'm a pragmatist. When I go vote, I'm not there to express who I am. I'm there for a strategic reason. I want the best possible outcome based on my beliefs. And so that means I might have to vote for somebody that I'm not 100% in love with, but I look at, you know, what the alternatives are, and I vote accordingly. And I I would encourage people, you know, don't go vote with this idea that it's got to be perfect or it's got to be nothing, you know, an all-or-nothing approach, because if that's causing you not to vote or just to skip certain races— that's bad. Mathematically, look, if, if you have candidate A and candidate B and you know you should vote for candidate A, but you just can't bring yourself to do it and you don't, mathematically, that's the same thing as a vote for candidate B. Because if, yeah, you, don't, sure if, if, you, don't, if you don't vote, that means somebody else is going to vote for that other candidate and they're up one. So mathematically, if you just sit it out, if you just stay home, if you skip a race— that's the th- same thing as voting for the other candidate. Sorry, so, but that's the way it is. It, well, it really is. And, and we should dive into a short discussion about one of the races to make that point. You know, Mike DeWine, the governor, has a track record that has, has had many Second Amendment advocates frustrated because of his continual support for his uh, strong Ohio bill, which contains a lot of uh, problems for gun owners. At the same time, he signed constitutional carry. He signed the uh, stand your ground or duty to retreat legislation. And he's also been good on a few other bills. His opponent, on the other hand, there is no divided track record there. Nan Whaley, the former mayor of Dayton, is as radical anti-gunner as you could possibly conceive to run for governor of the state of Ohio. Now, I I personally think that DeWine is in the driver's seat in this race. But if enough of gun rights supporters stayed at home on this race because of their frustration with DeWine opening the door for Nan Whaley, we would regret that for decades. She is a terrible candidate for gun owners. Well, let's just drill down into specifics there because I did an article, and I think we talked about this on a podcast, Rob. When I started looking at the bills that this administration has signed, so Governor DeWine has signed six gun bills, possibly seven. I'll get into that in a minute. Two knife bills and one big bill for sportsmen. So we have HB 86, that was back in 2019 for what we call the shockwave fix. Then there was HB 614. So this was in 2020, and this was about extending the uh, concealed handgun licenses because you remember a lot of the sheriff's departments were shutting down. People's licenses were expiring. So we had not only 614, but there was another bill. 
I just can't remember what that is. That's why I'm saying there might actually be seven gun bills, technically, that he's signed. We had the repeal of duty to retreat. That was in 21, 2021. We had SB 140, the knife ban repeal. That was also in 2021. We had that gigantic Division of Wildlife appropriation, something like $87 million to uh, you know build public shooting ranges, upgrade ranges, buy public hunting and fishing land. I mean, this was massive for the state of Ohio. Then, of course, we had permitless carry earlier this year. We had the armed teacher bill to overturn a bad Supreme Court ruling. And then we had the knife preemption bill that changed how knives are treated because uh, not only can cities not regulate guns, now they can't regulate knives either. So uh, by my count, there are at least six gun bills, two knife bills, and one big bill for sportsmen. And that's something that Mike DeWine can take credit for. So honestly, that's not a bad record, all things considered. Well, honestly, it would be a stellar track record if you didn't have the counterbalance of his continued advocacy for the strong Ohio bill. And so I think stipulated, we disagree with him on that. We're unhappy with him about that, but you know, we don't get a third choice at the ballot box. You know, we've got Nan Whaley or we've got Mike DeWine. Yeah. And let's talk about Nan Whaley. I mean, she's out there. I've been calling her Whalen Whaley because she is, she's wailing about gun rights. She's saying that if she's elected, she's going to basically roll back all the progress we've made in Ohio. She wants to roll back that armed teacher bill. It's basically just take armed teachers right out of the schools. She wants to roll back stand your ground. She wants to roll back permitless carry. She wants to enact universal background checks. You know, she's on record as basically saying that she's going to take away all the progress that we've made in passing some of this legislation. And you can bet that she's going to try to get preemption rolled back as well. And if we do that, Goodbye progress for 20 years because every single city, village, and township is going to be able to come up with their own gun laws. It'll just be such a mess. So, you know, again, you know, the old saying, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. You're going to get out and vote. You need to get out and vote anyway because of the U.S. Senate race. You need to get out and vote because of the Ohio Supreme Court race. But uh, when you've got a bad choice like Dan Whaley, you got to make sure you slam the door in that face as hard as you can. So, Rob, let's. Uh, I'm I'm looking for our uh, page where we have all of our grades endorsements. It is on the website. Uh, I think that's right on the main page. You can just click on that. Uh, let me just make sure it's it's up there. Yep, it it is up there on the on the uh, home page. So you can click right through, and you can see our grades and endorsements. And our political action committee has a separate volunteer endorsement committee that goes through basically candidate by candidate, hundreds of candidates. And we come up with those grades and endorsements. How, how do we compare with other organizations you've worked with? Well, it's, it's an enormous amount of work, uh, more than I think many organizations put the time in for. The truth is, you know, when you have this many candidates, and let's face it, we're talking well over 100, probably closer to 200 evaluations that have to be done for this entire process. Um, that's a, that's a heavy lift and you're trying to get it right. But I think our committee has just put a lot of hours into trying to make sure that we get this right so that we give 
gun owners some good guidance on the on uh, who we think the best choices are. You, you know, I think we've done our best to to treat everybody fairly. Some folks paid a price for some bad votes and some bad decisions this year. And then other ones, you know, we, we've, we've named some A pluses that I know you want to talk about. And, you know, an A plus for us, that's somebody who really comes through in the clutch and, uh, and they definitely deserve our loyalty going forward. If you looked on our endorsement page, now we were just talking about the governor's race. You know, we have Nan Whaley graded as an F and we have Mike DeWine uh, graded as a B. Now, yes. I think, you know, some people would argue, well, that, that B should be a little higher based on uh, all the, the gun bills he signed. Other people would say that should maybe be a little lower based on strong Ohio. Uh, you know, these things are judgment calls. But, you know, definitely Nan Whaley cannot, cannot get into the governor's seat. So, right. uh, you know, if you're going to vote, you've really got to take that into consideration. There's an independent, a guy named uh, Tim Grady. We really didn't get a survey from him, don't know anything about it. And look, the reality is in a race like that, no third party is ever going to win. It's just not It's just not possible. And if you vote third party, it's just like not voting at all. You're throwing your vote away. Uh, I know that some people really hate it when we say things like that. We get libertarian candidates who will contact us, and their argument is, well, you know, we could win if we just got more votes. I've literally had them say that, well, yeah. Yeah, you could. You could win if you got more votes, but you're not going to. So, Rob, let's move over to some of the A-plus candidates that we have. You know, I've said that we go through this grading process. I can tell you that getting an A uh, or getting an AQ, and I should probably explain that, if you see a Q after a grade, Q stands for questionnaire. And so if you see like an AQ or a BQ, all that means is the grade is based a lot on the survey that we get and they don't actually have real votes to base things on. But we have some A's that we added a plus to. So A plus, this is very rare. To get an A plus, you have to go beyond just being good on the issues and and voting on our bills. You have to really be a champion. You've got to get on the white horse and ride into battle on some of these bills. So we have five, just five out of all the candidates that we've rated as A+. So let's just start in the U.S. US House. Jim Jordan, District 4, he's got an A+. That's pretty obvious, uh, Rob, uh, but uh, why don't you talk about that? I think, you know, uh, Jim Jordan is an unapologetic gun rights advocate. You know, you're not going to find him, you know, in the Gang of 13 trying to cut some deal, some compromise, you know, for your Second Amendment rights. And you know, given how squirrely things can get in Washington, I think it's it's important to have a real champion on the issues. And, and Jordan has certainly played that role ever since he's been there. And then we've got Shane Welkin in the state Senate. So that's the Ohio Senate, District 17. He's running for that seat. He's got an yeah. A+, plus, uh, and we've endorsed him. And yeah. Shane's really been a, a champion uh, on, yeah, on our I gun think- bills. Yeah, if you want to draw a distinction, you know, between different reasons for A pluses, you know, you can believe things and also not be effective, right? You you can have very strong viewpoints, but not be effective. The ability to pass a permitless carry bill really hung in the balance this past session. 
the votes were not there for certain things. The votes were there for other things. And it was up to Shane as the chair of the House Government Oversight Committee to make sure that a bill got passed. He held people's feet to the fire, both on the far left and on the far right, frankly, who would have been just as happy to see the bill die so they could wave a bloody flag about it. Well, at Buckeye Firearms Association, we ain't about waving flags. We're about getting things done. And so without Shane, permitless carry doesn't happen. We'd still be talking about it as a goal. And that's why he was an A+. And then we've got the state house, and we have three A-plus candidates there. Uh, one of them is Bill Seitz in yeah. District 30. I, you know, I got to tell you, I really enjoy it when Bill stands up on the floor and he's defending one of our bills, and, you know, he's really to the point. He can make an argument like nobody else on the floor, and it's just a joy to watch him make these arguments. And he's been so effective, we gave him an A-plus and an endorsement. Yeah, Bill, you know, Bill's one of those guys that, you know, you know which side of the gun you want to be on uh, when it comes to Bill. You know, you want to be on the same side he is because he is a very effective speaker. He got his A-plus for the very same reason as Shane Wilkin, uh, his effectiveness on the permitless carry bill. You know, the Republicans had some very heated debate about the future of that bill, uh, and Bill and Wilkin were the reasons why the bill ultimately passed. And so he earned that A-plus. He really fought for the bill. And then we have Tom Hall, District 46, A-plus endorsed. Tom was the sponsor of HB 99. And, you know, he's a really young guy. And I asked him about this. He was on the podcast, how he felt, you know, having a huge victory like this so young in his career. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's just really enthusiastic. He, he really pushed that bill. Uh, he deserves that A+. plus. You know, these A pluses are not given. They, they are earned. You know, you, you are never given an A+. Plus. And Tom Hall, how old is he? 27. Something like that. Yeah, he's, and, very, uh, he's very young. Yeah. He's very young. You know, Thomas, you talk about fighting hard for a bill. I mean, he was willing to leave relationships on the table to get this bill passed. He felt so passionately about it. He stayed with it. He wouldn't let the politicians weasel out of making the hard decision. And ultimately, it paid off. And and I think, you know, Thomas is young. And, you know, he... he Obviously, a lot of the other guys have more experience than him, but nobody surpassed him in terms of pure passion for the cause. And then we have Scott Wiggum, District 77, A-plus endorsed. You know, Scott's uh, quite an advocate. He's uh, really done a lot of of great work, Rob. Yeah, you know, Scott will will literally author any gun rights bill. He, He just believes so strongly in the Second Amendment rights and, of course, the Ohio Constitution's language on gun rights. Uh, Scott carried the uh, House version of the emergency powers bill this year. In past years, he's carried the duty to notify language. He's just a champion for gun rights. And, you know, he helps hold his caucus's feet to the fire when it comes to gun rights. So let's skip over. We've got a couple of really big races. You referred to one of them, the Supreme Court, but I want to talk about this U.S. Senate race Everyone's aware of this. This has been in the news. Uh, you're seeing a, a lot of ads running now. Tim Ryan versus J.D. Vance. So, you know, we've given Ryan a D. Uh, Vance has an AQ. Again, that Q just basically means that he's not actually been in the legislature, so he doesn't have real votes. 
but J.D. Vance is out there campaigning. He's running neck and neck with Ryan, and I think mostly that's because, let's just be honest, Tim Ryan is pretending to be a moderate Democrat, uh, and he's got, a, he's got a lot of TV commercials running, posing as this average guy who rejects the woke left. But, uh, you know, in recent years, he's really gone to the left. You know, he embraces anti-gun positions. He's donated like $20,000 to anti-gun groups. Uh, he supports all kinds of gun control measures like universal background checks and a ban on more modern sporting rifles. So there might have been a time when Ryan really was more moderate, but not now. He's pretending to be in a lot of these commercials. Unfortunately, TV commercials work. And so, you know, the polling shows that it's pretty much neck and neck with these two candidates, Rob. And it really does. And, you know, Tim Ryan, his early years in Congress, as you say, he came off, you know, very blue collarish, uh, you know, somewhat helpful on issues that a lot of our people would like. Uh, and he's trying to parlay that into appearing like the same guy now. But he's not the same guy now. He's, he's tacked hard to the left. And I think to run statewide in Ohio as a Democrat, you probably have to go hard to the left these days. Everything is so, you know, radicalized from the way it used to be. But here, I'll just make it simple for you. If Tim Ryan is elected to the U.S. Senate, he is going to cast a vote for Chuck Schumer to be the majority leader of the U.S. Senate. And that puts Chuck Schumer in charge of the Second Amendment agenda in Congress, as well as, you know, confirmation of judges. Uh, and just a bad deal all the way around. So, you know, if anybody's fooled thinking Tim Ryan, you know, has been a friend somewhat, you put it in these terms. He's tacked hard at the left. He's a vote for Chuck Schumer. Uh, you know, by contrast, you might not know J.D. Vance, but he's not going to vote for Chuck Schumer to run the Senate. Now, we actually met with J.D. Vance. The set down, Buckeye Farms Association was there. We had other sportsmen's groups there. Rob, you you were there. I was there. We had a couple of other of our people there. And we we just had a frank conversation with him about gun issues, you know, where he comes from on this, how he grew up with firearms, and how he feels about all this. Again, he's not actually been in a legislature where you can really judge somebody uh, based on their votes. But, you know, we, we wanted to sit down with him and see how he felt about all that. And he did get 100% on our survey you know, we found out, you know, he supports constitutional carry, arming teachers, pretty much right down the line and confirmed all of that in our sit down with him. Yeah, he did. And I think it was important to, for us to be able to hear from him face to face. He answered everything correctly on our questionnaire, as you note. Of course, he's got the, uh, the story, you know, from the book that he wrote about his uh, humble upbringing and, you know, being raised in a, with some challenges in his household. He prevailed. He served his country in the Marine Corps, but it was good to be in a room with him and ask him pointed questions about gun rights. Uh, you could tell Dean, you, I'll let you speak for yourself, but I could tell that, that he has spent time to be able to articulate this position. You know, he wasn't parroting you know, some talking point that he read off a piece of paper to us, you could tell that he has a genuine fealty for the Second Amendment and for gun rights advocates like us. And I came away, you know, feeling about two things about J.D. Vance. He's not an empty suit. He's a smart guy. And uh, I came away feeling like he does feel strongly about the Second Amendment. Of course, that's that's what we're all about. 
So again, our grades in this race, uh, a D for Tim Ryan and an AQ for J.D. Vance. Um, so that's basically, I mean, you just, just take that as an A, just, you know, without the actual votes to back that up. We certainly would hope that once he would get into the U.S. Senate that he would have those votes and he could have a, an honest-to-goodness A. Just as a reminder, we talked about uh, Mike DeWine and Nan Whaley. So, uh, you know, we've got a B for Mike DeWine. We have, I believe it was an F for, yeah, Nan Whaley. I just wanted to look at that. We have, we have so many grades. I got I to gotta check. And, uh, Rob, there's another race really big in Ohio. And this is one of these races that typically people don't pay attention to, and that's the Ohio Supreme Court. Now, I even just read an article about this talking about how not only do people not really follow this race, but there might be a million fewer votes on a race like this than other races. Now, right. things are going to things are going to change because the party affiliation beginning this year is going to be attached to all of the Supreme Court justices and some of the appellate races. That wasn't the case before. So you're going to be able to see an R or a D beside some of these candidates. So yep. we've endorsed Sharon Kennedy, Pat DeWine, and Pat Fisher. Yeah, so, you know, Sharon Kennedy is already on the court. She's running for chief justice. If she wins that race, then obviously she will preside over the court. Uh, how important is that? Well, the current chief justice, who's retiring at the end of this year, thank goodness, uh, was the swing vote on doing away with the lines that were written by the Republicans multiple times in trying to establish new lines for the state house, state Senate, and congressional districts. Uh, the current chief justice created just absolute chaos in our election system over that. So Sharon Kennedy is just key. Making her chief justice would give her a lot of sway, a lot of influence. That'd be very important. And much like your Nan Whaley comparison, her opponent, Jennifer Bruner, is a far left judge. And I mean, her, her, her progressive credentials go way back. She was actually the attorney for the animal rights lobby when they tried to ban morning dove hunting back in the late 90s, right? And since that time, she's just tacked farther and farther to the left. So, you know, when you talk about these three races, the race for chief justice is just a slam dunk. Sharon Kennedy needs that victory very badly to preserve our rights. And according to some of the polling, I guess, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much neck and neck with all of these races too. So is. this is not a race this year that you can skip over. You know, the whole thing about having party affiliation, the theory has always been that judges are supposed to be nonpartisan, that they're supposed to rule just on the law, and let's not get them mired in politics. But the fact is, your party affiliation does say something about you. It says not just your policy preferences, but it also says something about how you, know, how you approach the law, because we've seen that at the U.S. Supreme Court, where there's a textual uh, analysis that a lot of the conservative judges take, or there's a more progressive, um, you know, living constitution analysis that some of the more left-wing justices take. So that's information. You see that R, you see that D, that actually tells you something. I'm hoping people are going to actually vote on these 
candidates this year. So again, we've endorsed Sharon Kennedy, Pat DeWine, Pat Fisher. If you're listening to this, you really need to vote for all three of these candidates. You do, and and here's why. So right now you have what was allegedly a 4-3 court in favor of the Republicans. And I say allegedly because the swing vote was the chief justice who, you know, is a Republican, but she's lame duck and she's gone rogue. So in order to maintain that 4-3 court, you know, you've got, you've got to have this, uh, all three of these guys be elected. And, th- and that would solidify the conservative majority because Pat Fisher and Pat DeWine and Sharon Kennedy have all voted dependably conservative. Uh, and, and we need to retain all three of them. So it's not good enough to win two out of three. We need all of them. So, Rob, you know, this next election, it feels like we've just been constantly in election mode this whole year because we had the two primaries and all the talk about the maps. But this uh, general election is really coming up on us fast. Here are just some important dates. The military and overseas absentee voting has already started. That started on September 23rd. And if you're not registered, the deadline is October 11. So that's less than a month away. If you're not registered, please Google Ohio voter registration, go to the Secretary of State's website, and you can register online. Don't go to somebody else's website. A lot of organizations will try to get you registered, but they'll collect your information and use it for other purposes. Go directly to the Secretary of State's website. If you Google Ohio voter registration, you'll be able to find it right there on the first page. Now, early in-person voting begins October 12th. Absentee voting by mail begins October 12th as well, and the election day itself, November 8th. I've already gotten the applications for absentee voting, so the Secretary of State has already sent that out. I think some other organizations are sending them out. You might get multiple applications. If you've never done that, remember, you've got to apply for it first, and then they'll send you the paperwork, and then you'll vote on that. And the instructions are very specific. You've got to fill everything out right. You've got to put your ballot in an envelope, put the envelope in another envelope. You know, it's a little complicated if you've never done it before. Personally, I'm a little old-fashioned. I'll just wait till November 8th and go out and vote. But if for any reason you can't, make sure that you get that absentee ballot and you cast your vote and refer to all of our grades endorsements that we have right on the website. Absolutely. It, it's just imperative that you get out to vote. And if you can't get out to vote, if you are going to vote by mail, then, you know, stay, pay attention to those dates so you can get that accomplished. As we've said, there are some very pivotal races, both nationally and Ohio races, that really matter. The uh, U.S. Senate race with J.D. Vance, you got to get out there and vote. And our Supreme Court races, you have to vote for all three of those candidates. So yeah. there's there's no excuse You do have time to register. I want to just say this again. If you're not registered, you have time. So please do it. If you've not registered before, get registered and make sure that you get out and vote or absentee vote, whatever it is you want to do. Well, Rob, thanks for taking time for being on the podcast. Hope you're feeling better. We'll uh, cross our fingers for this election. By the way, we do work for a lot of these candidates. You know, we'll help promote their events We'll send out speakers. We do a lot more than just grade them. So we're doing our part. We need everybody out there listening to this to do their part as well. Absolutely. You know, we just need to put our head down, get through November, and 
hopefully reap the rewards of having gun rights people get out to vote. Okay, Rob. Thanks. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Dean. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at BuckeyeFirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to joinbfa.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's joinbfa.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.